G'day friends, welcome back. I miss the footy. Now I normally miss the footy quite a lot, but this time of year we're right in the middle of summer. Haven't seen the footy since October, not going to see it again until March, right? So I'm normally feeling quite, you know, quite the withdrawals at this time of year. But this year is a little bit different. We all know why, because Victoria has not seen a football match. Well, sorry, Victorian fans have not seen a football match since September 2019. The last time I was at a football match was round 21, 2019, which was 522 days ago. And St Kilda beat Fremantle by, I think, three points. Just to, just to put that amount of time in a bit of football context, right? Jack Stephen won the game for St Kilda. He kicked three goals, one of our best players. It was the, I think, second or third last game he played for St Kilda, right? Brad Hill was one of the best players for Fremantle, right? Luke Hodge was still playing for Brisbane. GWS hadn't played in a grand final yet. And Donald Trump hadn't even been impeached once yet, right? That is how long ago I was last at a football game. That's too bloody long for me. That's the longest I've gone without going to a football game since the first time I ever went to a football game. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure once my dad started taking me when I was a kid, we didn't go more than 12 months without going to a game. So it's been a really, really long time. And we are now 63 days away from round one, 66 days until St Kilda plays on the bloody Sunday of round one. But I thought I would talk about the 10 things that I miss most about the footy. This is an amalgamation of things that I normally miss this time of year and things I'm missing a little bit extra because it's been so long. So this is going to be kind of a, a love letter to football, if you will. All right, let's get into it. So these are kind of in like a rough order. They're not in like a perfect 10 to 1, but they're pretty close to how I feel. And some of them are kind of similar to some of the others, but I thought they were different. Like I felt differently enough that I thought they merited their own position on the list. Okay, so number 10 is new players. One of the most exciting things about a new season of football. Oh, thanks, Abby. Right when I'm just starting. Okay. One of the most exciting things about a new season of football is not just the new draftees, so all the first-year players, but all the players who have moved to new clubs as well. And 
last year's trade period had some of the, you know, biggest player movements we've seen in a long time. You know, Ben Brown, Adam Trelaw, like some really big names move clubs. And I always find it so fascinating to see, like, especially when they're really good players, to see whether it affects their ability to perform at all. Changing clubs, you know, moving to a new state sometimes. Like, take Brad Hill last year, for example. Don't know whether it's because he moved clubs, might be because of something else, but he definitely was not up to the standards in 2020 that he had been previously, right? Could have been because of the shorter quarters, whatever, right? But it's always really interesting to me to see how players go at new clubs. Like, you know, St Kilda, for example, they got, you know, bought in Brad Crouch, Jack Higgins, right? Um, Sean McKernan as well. I don't know how much footy he'll play, but Brad, Cap- Brad Crouch and Jack Higgins, like, I find it interesting to see how they're going to slot into a lineup. Like, St Kilda is not a top, top side, but, you know, finished sixth last year, won a final. So most of our side is pretty established. So I find it interesting to think about how new players who probably are going to be in the best team, who are they going to push out? Are they going to slot into the position you think? Right? I always find it really, really interesting. I can take Adam Trelaw at the Bulldogs, right? Like 18 out of the Bulldogs, 22, best 22 are midfielders. They just play them all over the ground, right? So where is Adam Trelaw going to slot in? Who is he going to push out of that on-ball group, right? Is it going to mean that Bontempelli moves forward, right? You know, is is Josh Dunkley going to have to move somewhere else? Like, it's, it, I find it so fascinating and so exciting thinking about new players and these draftees, right? Especially, like, the first round picks. Like, are they going to play round one? If not, when? Are they going to play in the position they were drafted in? Are they going to be good enough to stay in the best side all the time? Like... Even like Matt Rowell last year, he only played, what, four games and got injured. He's pretty much still a new player. So all that kind of stuff really, really excites me about all the players across the competition. So that's number 10. Number nine, this is pretty basic, and it's going to be different for lots of people. But the next thing that I miss the most is a footy frank. I love, whether it's a the MCG or Marvel, wherever. I love getting back to my seat with my hot dog and just putting it away in about 15 seconds. It there like it because that is what I get every single time, it just tastes like the footy. Right? That won't make sense to some people, and then some people it will make sense, right? And it'll be different for everyone. For some people, it'll be a meat pie. For some people, It'll be um, the jam donuts, right? For some people, it'll just be a beer, right? It'll be whatever. Everyone's got that thing that they always grab when they go to the footy, even if it's just the chips, whatever. Right? When, when you take that food and you get back to your seat, you, you oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's... Like, even if you've already done it five times that year, there is this nostalgia. Like, there's nowhere else 
where you have that exact experience. Like you can watch the footy at home and make yourself hot dogs or make yourself a meat pie. It's not the same. It's it's so unique and special, I think, to people who do it often. I, I miss it so much. Like the food at the footy is pretty mediocre for the most part. Like the MCG's got some pretty good stuff, but like Marvel food is usually like, meh, not great, overpriced, but... We don't care, right? I don't mind spending $7 on a hot dog, a mediocre hot dog at that, if it's at the footy. It doesn't matter to me. It's it's just part of what we do, and I miss it. Number eight. This is a little bit more sort of, you know, diehard footy fanatic kind of thing. Number eight is the hope. Going into a game or into the season... It can be hope of anything, right? It's like the hope of that perfect moment in whatever form that perfect moment takes. And that'll be different depending on what club you support, right? Like if you're a North Melbourne supporter, right? Being realistic in 2021, that perfect moment that you're hoping for is probably not going to be winning a premiership. That's unrealistic, right? But it might be, Cam Zerha taking a big specky and then kicking a goal after the siren to win the game. Or, you know, if you're a Geelong fan, it might be vindication against Richmond and winning the premiership in 2021, you know. It can be whatever you want. And, like, for me, it's something different going into every week, you know, like... You know, if St Kilda's going over to Perth to play West Coast, you know, you never think that you're going to win. But that perfect moment might be, you know, Max King kicks five goals, something like that. There's all every every week is a new start. Doesn't matter what happened the week before. Every week's a new week, and there is always that hope of something magical happening. And that that feeling of hope is refreshing every week and it is just not there during the summer it's not there so that's why it's on this list number seven is another sort of at the game kind of feeling it's the atmosphere and i've got a couple of things on this list that are kind of similar to this but the atmosphere i think is different because the atmosphere it, it like Different games have different crowd sizes. Like if you go to a, I don't know, Melbourne versus Gold Coast game at the MCG, it's like the atmosphere is going to be not great. It's going to be fine, especially if you're a Melbourne fan, but it's not going to be amazing, right? There might be 15,000 people there. I don't know, right? But the, the atmosphere of even a two-thirds full arena. It can be any arena. It doesn't have to be the MCG. It can be Marvel or Optus or Metricon. It can be whatever, right? But the atmosphere is the buzz, right? The atmosphere of a good crowd is never silent, ever. There's always just this hum. There's always this hustle and bustle. There's always a little bit of noise. Every single action every single you know action that 
is a statistic, right? Whether it's a kick, a tackle, handball, a one percenter, whatever, every single one of them gets some kind of reaction out of the crowd when there's good atmosphere. And good atmosphere has so many different aspects. It can be how interacted the crowd is, right? Like if the crowd is getting really rowdy, you know, maybe they're pissed off at the umpires, right? That That is such, you know, well, it's never be good to abusing the umpires. You should never be doing that. But just when, when, when the whole crowd is kind of just like getting around the one thing or they're getting really like enthusiastic or excited about the one thing and and tens of thousands of people are all just buzzing and enthusiastic about this one thing and we're all on the same page and we're all like we're not interacting with each other but we're interacting at this thing it is such a weird environment to be in but it is so unifying like even even when you've got people who go for different teams, there is something, you know, there is a togetherness of everyone being at the football and being so invested in what's happening. Like, you can't beat the atmosphere at a great footy game. So that's why it's something that I miss quite a lot. Number six is a similar kind of thing but I'm getting a little bit more specific. It's the connection with people, connection with other footy fans, right? Something that I love, 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 love about going to the footy is like you sit down, 10 minutes later, someone else comes and sits down right next to you. You just start having a conversation, right? They might go for the other team, right? You are there as enemies, as rivals right? But if you're just two passionate fans, you can start yakking on about absolutely anything, right? You could start talking about the other team's players. Oh yeah, oh, oh, you've got such and such on your team. They're awesome. Oh yeah, but you've got, you know, you, your Ruckman's great. I don't know what we're going to do to stop him. You know, you can talk about absolutely anything to do with football. You can talk about a team that's not even playing in the game that you're watching, Oh, did you, see the, did you see the game on Friday night? Oh, that was nuts to see what such and such did. Like, you can be talking to some guy who is an electrician and you can be like a barista, right? Like, you could have absolutely nothing else in common at all. You could be completely different people. You know, one of you can be 70 and the other can be 22. It doesn't matter. Like, being able to like have such strong common ground with someone, doesn't matter who they are. It's so magical and it's kind of similar to the atmosphere thing. There is this togetherness that you cannot get in any other setting anywhere in the world, right? Like not just the AFL, but sport in general, right? The world is so divisive these days, but what people can always get around is discussing sport, right? Even things like Star Wars and other stuff like that, it's still divisive, but sport, people who are really into sport love talking about the nitty gritty 
It doesn't have to be their team, the team they're playing against. It can be anything, right? It doesn't even have to be the sport that they're watching. Two people at a footy game can start talking about the basketball, right? But you're there as a sports fan, right? Or you're there more specifically as an AFL fan, a, a North Melbourne fan, an Essendon fan, whatever, right? And I love that you can just, just start chatting with someone who you've never met before. You can, like, the conversation can be starting with, oh, how, you know, how's that player going on your team? They had a good week last week, whatever. That's how you start the conversation and you're off. Right? I love, I miss so much that connection with complete strangers. It's really, really special. All right, into the top five now. Again, just a rough list, but this is still the top five. Number five is being able to turn off my brain for a couple of hours. Well, not turn off, but turn off the background noise in my brain. So whether it's thinking about stuff that's going on at work or stuff you have to do around the house or you know, so, you know, something you need to go and buy that you don't really want to, you know, you've got to go and, you know, buy new shoelaces or some shit like that, you know, you don't have to think about any of that, any of that bothersome nonsense, that you, any, you know, whatever, family drama, friend drama, whatever, you can ignore it all for two hours, two and a half hours, whatever, you can sit down and just focus on the game. You can think about the stats. You can watch specific player movements. You can look at, you know, you can look at the other team. You can enjoy everyone being around you. You can get some food. You can, you know, you can get excited. You can get involved, right? You can go to a game or you can watch a game at home and nothing else in the world matters. Politics what you did during the week, it doesn't matter, none of it. Nothing matters in the world, in the universe, except the game that you're watching. You switch it all off and it's rare that you get to switch off and just enjoy yourself. You know, even if you're watching a movie, sometimes it is hard to switch off because there might be something in the movie that reminds you, oh shit, I gotta do that tomorrow, right? At the footy, you just sit down, you, you, you enjoy it, you get excited, you get involved, and it's, like I've already said a couple of times, there is nothing else that is an escape like that, really. Like, unless, maybe, unless you play a sport yourself, maybe, there is nothing else quite like watching a sport to distract you from the 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 day-to-day minutiae that you have to sort of get through in life you know what i mean okay number four is again similar to what i was talking about with the atmosphere and connecting with people number four is being able to talk about the footy right One of my absolute favorite things in the world to do is just talk about the footy, right? Whether it's with my dad or with my girlfriend who encourages me because she's awesome. Like, 
I'll say, you know, I'll just blurt out some, you know, thing I thought that was really cool while we're watching the game. And then she'll prompt me with more questions, even though I know she is not even close to as interested in it as I am. She still likes seeing how happy it makes me. I love, it can be anything. It can be one specific moment that I thought was perfectly executed and I will, you know, analyze that moment and rewatch it and go over it and talk about how important it was or how genius it was or whatever. Or would it be something that really went wrong and I'll analyze that and rewatch it and go over it again and again. And I just want to like discuss it and sort of work out my thoughts and really like, I don't even know, like when I have a thought about something to do with football, I just want to let it spread, like, you know, find out what this thought's full potential is. And you can only do that with conversation. So I just want to talk about it. And I miss doing that so much. Like, you know, that's another thing you can do with complete strangers, you know, you walk past someone while you're walking the dog and they've got a footy cap on, team their support, and you go, oh, you guys did pretty well on the weekend. And they go, yeah, who do you follow? And then you're off and you talk about, you know, a goal that someone kicked or a passage of play or, you know, a particular lineup of players that they chose to use. Like, whatever. It can be whatever. But just being able to talk about that is maybe it should even be higher on my list because I miss it so much, so much. And like, you know, a a lot of the other people in my life are not invested in football at all. And the ones who are, are not on my level at all. (laughs) But even talking to people who are not as interested as me, I still love doing that because when you're super, super passionate about something, the people who are listening to you talk, they, they, you know, they feed off your energy. So, you know, you know, even people that aren't super interested, I still love talking to them about it because I think it gets them a little bit more interested. God, I miss it so much. And I miss having new football games to analyze and think about. Like, it's great to go back and revisit old games, rewatch the highlights, whatever. But having new stuff to think about is what I need. I need it so badly. Ugh. Number three. Number three is something like pretty close to my heart. It's it's you know you know it's a pilgrimage, if you will, that I love to undertake. It's the walk to the ground, and it can be any ground. As a Saints fan, most of the time it's going to Marvel Stadium. So it's driving to the train station getting on the train, just sitting as it moves through the suburbs and into the city, goes through Flinders Street, keeps going around to Southern Cross, you get off the train, you walk up on that sort of overpass thing, that footbridge, past that big ugly, big ugly nab building that they just built. You know, you walk down either to the right or the left, heading towards Marvel Stadium, you go in the gate and I don't even know how to describe the feeling you have walking into the ground. It, like, I mean, this would be true for any sport, but it's something that only people who have done it can really understand or people who do it regularly can understand. The closer you get to the ground, the more 
excited you get, the more, you know, things that you see, like you just, you, you just know without even thinking that you're getting closer and closer. Like you're, when you pass that first person holding the footy records, that is like the footy record, you know, I hardly ever, ever buy one. I don't know why I just hardly ever do. Five bucks is a bit cheap, if you ask me. Anyway, like, it's a bit cheap. It's a bit steep, I should say. Anyway, but that first person holding the footy record, I'll tell you what, that is a sound. That should have bloody been on here. That is a sound that I miss so dearly. That and, like, a siren. Oh, the siren. I miss it so much. But hearing that, get your footy records, Get your footy records, $5. Like hearing that as you're walking into the ground, that is footy. There is no other way to describe it. That is football. Like some 16-year-old standing on this bloody stool holding some magazines that have stats in them, selling them to people, like... Wearing the bloody neon green or whatever it is that they wear, their little baseball cap, like screaming, <laughs> screaming, and whoever screams loudest just seems to sell more magazines. Like whether it's walking to Marvel or walking through Yarra Park into the MCG, those footy record people are iconic, as is the entire rest of the walk. Like the closer you get to the ground, the more congested the fans get. Like if you're walking into the MCG and you start right at the outer edge of Yarra Park, every step that you take towards the G, just more people closing on you and you and that excitement starts to build right away. Right away it starts to build. Oh, and, and like, you know, maybe you'll start to smell one of the, you know, jam donut vendors out the front. Or, you know, you'll hear the announcements, you know, such and such, head to gate five. Like, there's so many sounds and smells and sights, you know. Maybe it'll be, like, someone's 200th game and they'll be handing out little banners or something. Or they'll be handing out those little bloody hand clapper things. Or those blow-up sticks. Like, there's always something. Or there'll be some fan engagement thing happening outside the ground. There is so many things that just, like... You close your eyes and you picture it and you just, you're there. And people who do it regularly will know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I miss that walk to the ground and every little detail that it involves so badly. Oh. Okay, up to the top two now. Number two is the analysis. This is where the nerd in me comes out. I miss the analysis so badly, especially in this last 12 months that I've been doing the podcast. I've been looking at a lot more footy than I usually do, watching a lot more. I have loved it so badly, like really looking into what it was that allowed a team to be victorious or what it was, excuse me, or what it was that was a team shortcoming that meant that they lost. I love analyzing team changes from week to week, like, you know, who's been dropped, who's come in for injured players, you know, who, you know, have they added 
more Ruckman than usual. Like, where are they playing certain players? I love all that stuff more than I can describe, <laughs> right? Like, seriously, even just the team announcements get me so excited. Like, they'll be on a Wednesday or Thursday night or Friday night, whatever. It's, it's different every year, <laughs> however they do it. Depends on the games are. But, like, I don't know. Even when there's, like, an injured player and it's pretty obvious who the player is going to come in to replace them, I'm still, like, anxious to find out who is going to be playing. Because, you know, who's going to be coming in and out of each team can drastically shift who you think is going to win, and I find that fascinating. I find analysing different statistics fascinating. Like, you know, metres gained, right? Is some half-forward flanker leading in the metres gained? If so, what are those half-back flankers doing, right? The tackles, right? Which team is leading the tackles? If a team's won the game by a lot, but also won the tackles, damn, that team that lost has got some work to do, right? Like the the hitouts, right? Hitouts versus hitouts to advantage, right? There's one team dominating the hitouts, but they're not getting the most from it. Like, there is so many different things that I find absolutely fascinating. You know, disposals. I love looking at disposals versus um, disposal efficiency. Because maybe a player's got 32 disposals, but they're only going at 60% efficiency. You know, have they really had a good game? You know, I love all of that. And like the last couple of years where I've been doing my sort of my own best and fairest count for the Saints game, I spend way more time than I should looking through all the stats and rewatching parts of the game to, to see who really was like our best players. And sorry, I'm clicking a pen. I should put that down. Um, who really were our best players, you know, you know, this player had a better game, but did this other player play their position better? That Like, was it their job to have a quiet game, but keep someone else quiet? Like, so many different aspects of our beautiful game. It's so beautifully complicated and dense in some ways, but I love it to pieces. I really think it's the, the perfect game. It, like, I, see, I haven't watched them all. But our sport is the best in the world because there is so many different things you can analyze and appreciate. And I love them all. Like, no joke. Okay, number one. This is the thing that I miss most. And this is not unique to the AFL, to football. But I think it's something that the AFL does very, very well. That AFL fans do very, very well. The thing that I miss most about the footy, and this is something you can experience at home, but it is better experienced in person, it's the roar. The roar of the crowd. It can be after a goal, after a big tackle. It can be after winning a close game. It can be after winning a not close game. It can be, this, is, this might be my favourite roar, Probably my second favourite role. After the end of the national anthem at, on, at an Anzac Day game or at a finals game, like at the end of the national anthem, as that siren goes and the crowd goes nuts, there is absolutely nothing else like that in the world. 
like like everyone has just stood silently for a minute or two and then everyone just goes bananas that is amazing and same after a really big goal or you know if it's a close game and everyone everyone there doesn't know who's going to win you know like one of my absolute favorite things to rewatch is the last quarter of the 2016 grand final that is like there have been bigger roars like crowds have made more noise after winning a game like especially the richmond crowds in the last few grand finals but that bulldogs crowd in 2016 it was when there was two moments when tom boyd kicked that goal from the center square and then when liam picken kicked that goal from a couple of meters out a few minutes later those two moments like if, if you want to see like the perfect example of just emotions overcoming a hundred thousand people those are the moments to look at because those fans have waited for 50 years and it'll happen to St Kilda at one point and I will be a wreck <laughs> that's why I like watching it so much because I like to think about when it's going to happen to St Kilda but those two moments in that last quarter of that grand final when the Bulldogs fans knew that that was it they 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 erupt in such a profound and moving way and there's all kind there's many tiers of roars you know there's just there's one when you just kick a standard goal there's one at the start of a game there's one at the end of you know a big win where i knew what the result was going to be half an hour earlier but it is my favorite sound in the universe and it is the thing about the football that I miss most. So there you go. That is it. So we got two and a bit months, just over two months, until the footy is back. Or until, you know, the men's footy is back in full. We've got the women's footy that is going to be back in a couple of weeks, which is really, really exciting. I like that I don't have to wait so long to watch some footy. Um, and then I think sort of mid to late, I think in late Feb, will be, might be mid-Feb actually, that the pre-season matches for the men's will start, so that's exciting too. Um, but yeah, got to wait until the 18th, is the 18th? Or the 20-something of March before round one is back. But I am patient, I am ready to wait. But yeah, I can't wait for all 10 of those things, from walking into the ground to sitting down with a hot dog to you know, analyzing the game to listening to the roar when, you know, someone kicks a goal, whoever, I miss all of it. It's been way too long and I can't wait for it to be back. All right. Thank you so much for listening to me talk about how much I love the footy. <laughs> um, hope you all enjoyed it. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. Follow me on Instagram if you haven't already. It's time spent underscore podcast. Like stuff, leave comments, leave reviews, do whatever it says to do. 
I really appreciate all the feedback and all the support. Um, I'll catch you guys next time. Bye.